If you are in need, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. We can all help prevent suicide. If you are a young person in crisis, feeling suicidal, or in need of a safe and judgment-free place to talk, call the Trevor Lifeline now at 1-866-488-7386. Also, the National Domestic Violence Hotline provides essential tools and support to help survivors of domestic violence so they can live their lives free from abuse. Please call 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. We wish you health and safety. Welcome to the What Do Women Know? What Do Women Know? What Do Women Know? podcast. I'm Jessica O'Keefe. Today, we are grateful to have Lindsay Washburn on the podcast. Lindsay is a physician assistant who works with all facets of patients, from pediatrics to geriatrics and everything in between. Lindsay is also a Zen mama with two little ones, and I am continually amazed by her ability to balance work and family while heroically serving our country during this pandemic. I am honored to share Lindsay's perspective and experience with our listeners. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Jess. It's an honor to be here. I've been thinking a lot about you working as a medical provider and having young kids, figuring out how to balance all that with coronavirus. And for the most part, we're trying to do what we can do at the office, telemedicine. So that's been a good thing. Um, obviously, we still have need to see people and need to do examinations, but when we can especially keep people who are symptomatic at home, that's best to prevent exposure, especially to our elderly, what somewhat healthy group. As far as my family goes, yeah, it's been definitely stressful because you don't want to bring something home to them. And you know that you're at a higher risk just from seeing people all day, every day. Usually we're doing everything that everybody else does. We're trying to keep our distance as much as possible. We're wearing masks. We're washing our hands. I even during exams, I'll try to stay as far away from the patient as possible until I need to do the exam. So we're really doing everything we can to keep everybody as safe as possible, both at home and at work. As far as Andrew goes, yeah, he's having to be on airplanes. He's having to go out in the field. So there's a lot of other stuff that we still worry about. I find that the most reassuring part of all that is that we have a vaccine. I've gotten my first dose and I'm really excited that we're, we're coming along and we're getting to that point. As uh, the rollout goes and the higher risk populations get theirs and everybody else will follow in suit and hopefully by the fall, we can all say that we've been vaccinated and be on the road to recovery. Yes. How, how does your husband, would you have recommendations for him when he goes on the plane? Does he wear a, a shield? I have him wear either a double layer mask or an N95, uh, depending on how full the flight is usually. You can kind of tell some of his flights have eight people on them, but not very many. So his double layer mask is usually sufficient there. But if he's going to be on a real crowded flight, I, I give him an evidence to see where is it. I find that I'm, I'm less concerned about being on the airplane and more concerned about the airports. I think flights are doing a good job at trying to keep people apart as much as possible. And then the recirculation of air is filtered at 98%. So the flight itself is less concerning than the airport and how close people are in elevators, escalators, walking around. So those are, those are the areas I really worry more in terms of travel. All kinds of different areas that you could possibly be exposed in, but just trying to do your best to stay away from other people and trying to keep your airspace clean. Yes, for real, right? 
it, I was talking with someone from my children's school and they were saying that the next step for school would be, it would be hopeful that there'll be a children's vaccine soon. Pfizer is starting their trials in the next couple of months for the six to 12 year olds. After that will ensue the two to five year olds and then they'll do the one and unders after that. Wow. So it's, it's coming. It's, yeah. it's all, it's all coming and it's going to have to be tweaked and this is going to be a part of our life. It's going to be just like a flu vaccine every year. You're going to have to get boosters most likely. Because yeah. as we've encountered, there's there's variants that have already popped up, and this is going to continue to happen. Viruses, that's what they do best, is mutate. You try to get ahead of them as best you can, which is why our flu vaccine most every year is based on what's going on in the Australia population, since they're a winter ahead of us. You usually will will take other other countries' information and meld that into what your vaccine is going to look like. I have your voice in my head often, thinking about <laughs> how you told me at the beginning of this. Well, people are learning how viruses work and how you could catch a cold and not go outside. Exactly. It's very interesting on how viruses spread and how we, were, we really weren't very good about preventing spread of viruses at all before this. And it speaks volumes on what the precautions that we're taking now are doing by really blunting the amount of spread. It's proof that it does work. It may not be 100%, but 50% is a heck of a lot better than what we were doing. It feels good to know mm-hmm. more. It does. It's sharing information groups of professionals and try to share information across the country as best we can. How do you make time for balance in this hectic workspace? I don't know that there's a perfect balance by any means, but I find that for me, my children really kind of bring me back to ground zero because certainly they're the ones that you work really hard for and you don't want to put them in any kind of danger. At the same time, they keep you grounded in that well, mom, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, this is your job. And that's always been something that no matter how bad my day was, it's really nice to mommy here. You know what? You're doing a good job, mom. Well, thank you. And then just playing a game of Clue, <laughs> I find it's really nice. Um, or Monopoly, even though that takes forever. Especially playing Monopoly with a seven-year-old. This takes days. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but certainly those are the things that help me just to stay in the out of my own head and try to get to more of a, let's just play. That sounds like a much better idea. And so we do that. I listen to music a lot. I love music. So I've had a bad maybe weekend or week or something, and then I get into the office, and then I just sit there and I drink my cup of coffee, and I listen to some Ryan Bingham, and it's a great day all of a sudden. Finding a little bit of time for you. Certainly finding that little bit of time just to, whether it's meditation or whatever you can do in your, in your day, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes still makes a great difference. I find just to take a deep breath and go, okay. I had not heard of Brian Bingham until you brought him up, actually. He has a lot of really uplifting songs and songs about being you and doing, doing things for the greater good. And then seeing the light in the tunnel, which at this point has been great and uplifting music for us to listen to. That's wonderful. Yeah, we, we love, love music, love to travel. Of course, you know, we, we motor home a lot. So that's one of our great outlets, especially this this time around has been that we've been able to do the motorhome thing and do that relatively safely. It's been nice to be able to go camping and kind of be out there without anybody else around. Being able to go do all those things and not feel like we we're stuck at home all the time because we definitely felt a little stuck and not able to get out as much uh, starting in about March through end of May. And then finally, we were able to go on our first campaign trip, which took a collective deep breath, and we felt so much better. (laughs) I love how much outdoor stuff you do as a family. It's been probably one of the best things for us. How do you define a successful day for you? What does it take for you to sleep well at night or to have a great day? For me, a 
a successful day is pretty much any day that I can get everybody up, dressed, fed, out the door to all of their destinations, whether it be work, school, babysitters, and everybody back home and fed and in bed. I think that with all that happening without major meltdown is a successful day to me. <laughs> it's a challenge to do all those things and have it happen in, in sequence and have nobody be upset at the end of the day. I would say a, a really good day is a day that I get something off of my to-do list because that's the ever-growing list that you're like, you know, I would really like to do this, or I'd really like to accomplish this task in the house. And checking one of those boxes, in addition to everything else, really makes me happy. I feel like I've gotten a little bit ahead of where where I wanted to be maybe that particular day. Yeah, and Great days are, are usually the ones that I spend with the family and get to go out and do things like hike, ski, bike, do all the fun stuff, and then everybody has a real fun, happy day. Those are my great days. What keeps you up at night or launches you out of the bed in the morning? Well, I would say worry. Worry has been one of the things that I've really struggled with and I've really tried to keep my mind closed down at night so that I can sleep because otherwise I feel like I sit up all night and just worry about stuff. Worry about your friends, your family, everybody who could be impacted impacted by COVID because you see what happens to people. I've worried a lot about my patients, not just the ones with COVID. I worry about the people who have been impacted in terms of their depression and anxiety, some people that are suicidal and don't really have outlets. I worry about women that I talk to. They're in abusive relationships at home and literally have nowhere to go. There's those worries. And then I think you get, and then you get on the trail of worrying and you keep on worrying. And then you, you get to a point that you worry about bigger steps. You start worrying about the country and you worry about division and you worry about all the things and how can I help? Well, I think that what gets me out of bed in the morning is what can I do to improve these things? And maybe I can't. And I think that's one thing to take into consideration is there's some things you can't fix, but there's a lot of things that I can do. And so I try to mitigate all of my worry at night by doing things during the day. Such weight that you carry helping people. And Oh, you do. But it's, it's also very rewarding, very rewarding when you get to a place that somebody finally tells you they feel better. It's hard and it's great all at the same time. Oh, geez. So it was doing what you can and wanting to fix problems that got you into medicine too. You're through mom. Um, I think that I feel like medicine is just, it's a calling and I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. And the pandemic has just made that more apparent. And I find that it's not something that everybody wants to do, obviously, but it's something that I really wanted to do. And I'm really glad I did it. Yeah. And you, you were saying that it's not easy. It, no, it's not. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing at all. It's very hard, but it's very rewarding. And those, those times that you get somebody through it is probably one of those, the most rewarding parts. You made a difference. Making a difference is really all that you can ask for. Oh, Linz. Thanks for all your work. Of course. Thank you for being one of our heroes. I think we forgot about we don't have someone super sick in our life. We don't realize how much we need doctors. And then when you have something like this happen, you realize that superheroes and movies where we thought, I do love a good diehard movie. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, man? But he's not going to solve my day-to-day problems. <laughs> this is true. He'll help you for jumping off of a fiery building, but. <laughs> exactly. I'll know how to walk on glass. <laughs> If it comes down to it, you're on it. <laughs> but having a, having a medical professional in one's life, having that ability to ask someone questions or, or just to 
find the reassurance, you really, it does bring a light to our heroes that are actually in our life. Thank you for being one of my heroes. Thank you. Anytime, Jess. Anytime. Do you, so on another note. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a projection for the future? Do you have something that we should look out for or something hopeful for all of us? I would tell everybody that I think that we're much closer to the end than we are to the beginning in terms of this pandemic. Vaccines are rolling out and I find that that's very hopeful and we should all look out to continue to be vigilant, to continue to wear your mask, to social distance, to wash hands, to... Try not to do things that are too high risk, but that in the very near future, we're going to be back to a quasi-normal. We're going to be back to a point that we can go to restaurants without being fearful. We can take a flight without being fearful. And everything is going to get back to normal. I think probably the biggest take home is just trust the science. The science is there. When it's your turn, get the vaccine because it's going to help. Yes. Do you have words of inspiration an inspiring quote, something that keeps you moving forward? I think that there are a lot of things in my life that I take as inspirations, but I find a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt that's spoken to me more more recently. She said, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. And to me, that's been something that's been moving me forward in terms of, well, don't just complain about it, do something about it. Try to find the light, find the good part of whatever the bad thing is you're dealing with. And so whether that be for me, patience, or whether that be something in society, whether that be any number of bad things that are going on right now, try to find something positive and find the light in the darkness. Try to find something that makes you smile every day. Yeah. I like too, that you said it's about doing something too. Do something I, where you can. I don't think I ever understood that the light, the candle meant to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, she needs to bring in the light. It's right. She's talking about action. She's talking about action, right? She's talking about action. She's talking about, you know, rather than just complaining that the grass is green, maybe go change it to blue. Go, go, go to, go do something that makes whatever it is that you don't like better. Yeah. Well said. Yes. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me and hope this is helpful in some way, shape or form.